Hola mi gente, listos for the Bravo Report, coming to you from the beautiful cactus state of Arizona, the infamous Show Me Your Paper state, con su servidora y host, Sandra Cano Bravo. The Bravo Report will seek the truth and hold the powerful accountable, for the Bravo Report will speak truth to power. So let us get started with our very first guest and padrino, local activist and attorney, Daniel Ortega. Hi, Daniel. Thank you so much um, for being our first local activist on the Bravo Report. Thank you so much for participating. Um, so thank you. I've always admired your work. Um, I've always admired your activism. Um, so, you know, being uh, here, us together in the beautiful cactus state of Arizona, the bedrock of anti-immigration sentiment, I think it was important to have you as our first local um, activist um, at the Bravo Report. So. Um, let's just jump in. There's, there are so many things going on, Daniel, of course, you know, and if you are in touch, you know, with the news and, and what's going on, we can start with, um, where do we start? I mean, we have the fraud it happening here in Arizona, uh, being conducted by cynical, you know, uh, anti-democratic um, elected officials, I believe, um, by the names of uh, Biggs and, and Kosar and et cetera. So, Tell me, tell me a little bit about what you're doing, what you've been doing um, in reference to voter suppression. I believe it's the new Jim Crow. Um, so tell me a little bit of what you've been doing and uh, what, what your opinion is on what's happening right now. Well, first of all, let me take this opportunity to thank you uh, for inviting me uh, to your report. Uh, I think it's important that we reach out to as many people as possible uh, to deal with some of the issues that you mentioned. Now, there are too many to deal with. Right. But let's start, first of all, with if there's any excitement to be had throughout the country. I always thought that Arizona uh, was the incubator of most of the controversy in the last 20 years. Exactly. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, and to, to a degree, the, the, the stimulation, the political stimulation that exists uh, still exists because, you know, we've got a fraud it. Um, mm -hmm. Is that what they call it? Yeah, that, that's what Katie Hobbs calls it fraud it because because it's a fraud that's why yes. uh, and I agree with her we've got the fraud it uh, you know we have the history of SB 1070 mm -hmm. and a whole host of, of other things but it looks like the, the state of Texas wants to compete with us um, the state of Texas the state of Georgia and a lot of the states from the south uh, are all facing the same kinds of controversies that are going here on here in Arizona uh, and let's start with with this, uh, what, what I consider to be extremely important. You know, it was a time when Latinos right. had to fight to be a part of democracy exactly. uh, in Arizona and throughout the country. And now it seems like we have to fight for democracy to even get to where we were before. Exactly. Because, and because when you look at what's happening on the right, uh, and in particular in those areas of predominantly white uh, uh, states and cities and counties, mm -hmm. uh, we are now facing uh, voter suppression in numbers that we've never imagined. Number one, number two, they are challenging our democracy to the point where they could destroy it. Yes. Uh, if you look at what's going on with voter suppression, if you look at the big steal, quote unquote, that they talk about all the time, right. I mean, it's really threatening uh, the democracy of this country. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, have we been 
uh, allowed in as, as participants? No, yes. we've always had to fight for everything we have. And so Arizona, here we go again. You know, what's, what's so um, shocking, I think, you know, I always think that we're not taking this um, seriously. I think that we should be, we should all be running around like our, our, our hair is on fire because, um, you know, elected officials, Republican elected officials are coming from Pennsylvania to view the fraud at here because some of these states where, um, you know who, the other guy lost, um, they're not investigating states that he won. They're only investigating states where he he lost and in municipalities and cities where we have the, the you know the african-american and the latina vote so i mean i just don't think we're taking this serious i think that we are in jeopardy i mean democracies die in the sunsetting of of the night and and before the the rising dawn and i just think that we're not are we being complacent i know that i reached out to you when uh, before the election, I think after the election, when um, there was, you know, the January 6th, we saw, uh, you know, we saw it with our own eyes, the insurrection, the attack on the Capitol. And I, I think I reached out to you and I said, you know, what's happening, um, Daniel, what do we do? And you said, vote, register and vote, right? Register as many people. Right. Uh, and, and we've done that because they called us to vote and we voted and we turned the, the state uh, because of the changing demographics, we turned it blue. Uh, we also mobilized and won Georgia, but I don't think we're taking, I, yes, we can vote, but if they're going to change the laws, I mean, the law in Texas, the, I, I, it was just reported that it had Jim Crow uh, verbiage in there and they removed it at the end, but there is so, there, this law is so uh, ludicrous, SB7, that even if there's an, uh, an appearance of fraud, the legislators, if they're Republican, can just throw out the vote and then they can just uh, supersede that. That's what I'm talking about. If, if Yes, we're registering and we're voting, but these cynical attempts to undermine our vote and because we're brown and we're African-American, of course, you know, they don't like they lost. They're not they're not competing for ideas now. They're competing to just totally out loud, blatantly try to stop us, us from voting. So what do we do? Well, there's, there's a lot to bite there, uh, oh, <laughs> a whole lot of issues, right. but I think what's important about the things that you said is, A, you know, we've been encouraging our community to get involved in elections for a long time, and we've right. always said to our community, the only way that we're going to influence policy is to get out and vote for candidates that represent our points of view and represent the kinds of things that we want out of government or that we want to put into government, mm -hmm. and, you know, that is, and, and of course, you know, even among the Republicans and in parts of, of the Democratic Party, they've always been very critical of us that we just don't get out to vote and that right. we don't have representation, you know, always making us to blame, of course. Right. We've all, you know, that if we want to have representation, we got to get out and vote. We just don't vote. So that's been the big criticism of our community. Well, here we are. We decided to do exactly what we thought we needed to do to participate in public policy. And we did it in numbers that we've never seen before. Now, yes. don't get me wrong. We still have a ways to go. Right. But they didn't like the numbers. They didn't like that we had an impact. They didn't like that we finally exactly. did what they've been saying we should do. And now they want to change the rules. Yes. And that is totally and unequivocally anti-democracy, anti, you know, everything that we've ever wanted to practice. I mean, first we get criticized because we do it. Now they want to stop us from doing it. 
where do we go from here? Right. I say we keep doing what we've always do, done, register more people to vote, get more people out to vote, and provide mechanisms for making sure that people are going to vote. Remember, voting is like eating. It's a culture, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we just haven't participated long enough to establish voting as a part of our culture. And, and the perfect example is the African-American community. Right. I mean, their voting percentages are, are overwhelming. And when Georgia right. passes these voter suppression bills, mm -hmm. they know exactly who they're going after with because the, the African-American community, I mean, you look at a president of the United States, now a vice president of the United States, mayors throughout the country. I mean, congressmen, I mean, the African-American vote has shown to be viable. And they simply don't want us to jump on that bandwagon because we do in many ways resemble or are like the African-American community in fighting for civil rights. And they're seeing the writing on the wall. And so now what do they need to do? They need to stop us from voting. Exactly. And that's what all of this voter suppression is about. And they're doing it in the light of day. I mean, they're not even being you know, shy about it. They're just saying, we're gonna change these rules because we cannot compete. They cannot compete. And you know, after Romney, um, Romney uh, lost um, in the presidential bid, they did the autopsy. Remember that famous autopsy where uh, Republicans, um, you know, stated that they needed to attract more Latinos, more minorities, more women. Um, and the tent. They called it the tent. Remember that? Right. The big tent. The big yeah. tent. That they needed to be a bigger tent. But yeah. now they're not even. They're not even going there. They're not going to waste their time anymore. They. They. And you know, Maria Teresa from Voto Latino came out um, the other day, and she said that in Texas. Um, for 2022, this is what they're scared of. There's going to be 250,000 new registered voters uh, eligible to vote, and they're all Latinos. And this is what they're doing. But again, here in Arizona, why did that federal judge allow what's going on right now? Why didn't we put up the million-dollar bond to stop? What it, I mean, you're an attorney. You're an, you know uh, uh, an attorney. Why couldn't we? I mean, what legally can we do? Well, you know, first of all, money is always at the center, right, right. Of, exactly. of everything that we do. Now, quite frankly, the million dollars that, that they're talking about uh, was asking the Democratic Party to put up a million dollar bond. Uh, and it was the Democratic Party who said they weren't going to do it. So let's get that straight. That it's, it, it's not a matter of what we as a Latino community. Mm -hmm. uh, are you there? Yes, I'm oh, here. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. It's not what it is the Latino com community needs to do, but what we need to do collectively. And let me make this point. Our yeah. success has not been tied only to our participation. Mm -hmm. It's been a coalition of white voters, uh, African-American voters, women. Latino voters, Asian voters, uh, women. Yes. I, I mean, across the board, we have built a coalition that has finally shown the world that it can be effective. And this is why they're concerned. They're not concerned as much about us in isolation, African-Americans in isolation and women in isolation. They're afraid that we now get it and that we have a coalition that can truly uh, outnumber them in, uh, in many ways. So, you know, I, I always say that our success comes with who we have as allies. Right. And right now, all of us have allies and each other in a way that is truly making a difference. And now they have to figure out a way to stop us. And let me finish by saying this. Right. Don't forget that voter suppression has always been the method for 
Republicans in particular to keep mm -hmm. us from voting. Right. What's happening now is more in the open. It has always happened in the past, but it was more hidden. Mm -hmm. And so don't, 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 let's not mistake what they're doing now with what they've always done. I mean, the Voting Rights Act was passed in the 60s to prevent the kind of voter suppression that we're dealing with now today. Right. And so, so but the we, Supreme Court we have to keep the, but we have to keep fighting the same fight. And that that's ultimately the message I think we need to give our community and, and, and our allies that these right. efforts are never going to stop. And we have to keep fighting the way we always have. Right. So that's why we need to pass the John Lewis um, voting right, uh, the Voting um, Act, because the Supreme Court did a, did a, basically butchered the the initial voting act. That, that, I mean, the Voting Act that came with the Civil Rights Movement. So, um, I don't see. Do you see a a, a pathway to that? Well, uh, you know, that's a complicated political issue because you know the past federal legislation of the type that you're talking about mm -hmm. to prevent protect our voting rights, much like the Voting Rights Act, right? Right. Uh, it requires a majority of the, of the House, which we have, mm -hmm. and at least 60 votes in the Senate. And with the filibuster rule the way it is now, there's no way that we're ever going to get 60 votes. So, I mean, I'm kind of like, yeah, we got to keep fighting, but you know what? There are some fights we're just not going to win. And so the question is, where do we concentrate uh, without first saying to Manchin and to Cinema, oh. unless you allow this, we're going to be fighting the same fight we've always fought at a local level. And at a local level, uh, our chances of winning are, are very small. I mean, mm -hmm. but for the Voting Rights Act, all of our communities wouldn't be where they were at um, today and the uh, you know, resurgence of, of, of voters who truly believe in democracy. Right. So speaking of cinema, um, she, she, she won the state of Arizona, but not by a very large margin. Um, Kelly as well. So well, I, think, I, think, I think they should do away with a filibuster. I mean, let's do what Mitch McConnell, what Moscow Mitch McConnell did when he had the power. You think he cared about what the Democrats thought when he stole uh, the Supreme Court, two Supreme Courts, one from didn't allow uh, Obama to uh, nominate his uh, Supreme Court justice, and then also uh, eight days before the election. Do you think he cared? He didn't care. They didn't care when they passed, when they passed the tax um, bill uh, to give, you know, uh, saving money for the, for the, you know, millionaires and um, the tax law. So I don't know. I think that, yes, they, well, we, have to I, I, battles. we have to choose our battles. And I think that we should, that they asked us to vote. They asked, they asked us to, to win Georgia and to vote and to mobilize. And we did. And now they're, they're contemplating barely using uh, doing away with the filibuster. I don't, I, why can't we do it? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think, okay, let's, let's zero in on Kirsten Cinema. Okay. Oh. And I know Kirsten Cinema very well and I've worked mm -hmm. with her a lot in the past. I mean, mm -hmm. Kirsten Cinema was one of the uh, biggest pro-immigrant advocates that we had in this state. Um, clearly when she ran for the house, then for the Senate, then for the Congress, little by little, she started to change her stripes. Right. And now she's in a position to really make a difference and decided that the filibuster is not something that, uh, that, she, that she wants to remove. So why is it that Kirsten is doing this? Uh, she claims that she's doing it uh, to really garner bipartisanship. 
to really make the system work where one party does not control everything. Well, let me tell you what I think that's doing. I think it's reassuring Kirsten Sinema that she'll be reelected. It's it's plain and so, simple. So it's and a, all, of the, all of the push. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's gaining she's gaining that John McCain in, independent maverick mm -hmm. label that she needs to fight hard for to get reelected in another four years. And so I told a friend of mine the other day, you know what, I'm not going to come out against Kirsten Cinema. I'm not going to make any noise against Kirsten Cinema because at the end of the day, it just helps her. It helps her a lot. I mean, who else do you believe that we're going to be able to elect in a Democratic primary that can win a general? Kirsten Cinema. Anybody else that we elect other than Kirsten Cinema cannot win a general. So which do we choose? Well, a Kirsten Cinema right. who isn't with us on the filibuster rule, or a Kirsten Cinema that doesn't exist in the U.S. Senate, and we get somebody like Abramovich uh, uh, or a far-right Republican there that's not going to pay attention at all. I mean, there are choices to be made, and there are places to be, and I'm not criticizing anybody who's who's criticizing Kirsten Cinema. My personal view is that all of the the criticism against Kirsten Cinema only helps her. Right. And, and you know, I mean, are we well, here's the thing, we need to choose our battles and are we going to have a democracy if we're Kirsten Cinema is going to be relevant? I mean, we need to we need to be bold and this is a time that we cannot hold back and, and tippy toe around what we need. We want, you know, we have the majority, however small, however, uh, you know, uh, margin, marginal it is, we need to be bold. And so I believe we should do away with the filibuster. Well, let me, let me, let me respond to that real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, we can be bold about everything, but be unsuccessful with something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I really think that, that Kristen Cinema. Uh, is not an arena that I want to uh, show my boldness in because I think it helps her. That's number one. Number two, there are a lot of other issues, especially in the area of voter suppression at a local level and at the state level. There are a lot of other issues in civil rights. There are a lot of issues, particularly as it relates to immigrants and children at the border oh my gosh, right. and uh, immigration enforcement. There are a lot of issues, a lot of issues on police misconduct. I mean, look, we got a garden variety of issues that we should be very, very bold on because they make a difference. To me, Kirsten Cinema and, and attacking Kirsten Cinema is a waste of time. One and two, just emboldens her more. But Daniel, how, so how we got we a whole bunch of other things to do. Right, but how are we going to get these things done if the the Republicans are not here to play? They're not here to to compromise. They're here to shut everything down. That's what Mitch McConnell said when Obama was elected, that he wanted to make Barack Obama a one-time uh, term president. He said it lately about Biden. He said, our, our major uh, you know, operation is to stop everything Biden is trying to do. So they're, being, they're, not, being, they're not playing by the rules. They're, they're, they never play by the rules. Why can't we fight back? Why can't we be bold like they are? and not care what they think, because that's what they do when they have the power. I mean, they didn't care a rat well, when they stole the two ju uh, Supreme Justices. I mean, why can't we, we're talking about our democracy in peril. 
Our democracy is up for grabs right now. And I don't, we, we had a hundred scholars come out um, saying that, you know, they're not alarmist by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but they believe that we are in peril. This de democracy is in peril. Like John Lewis said, democracy, democracy is not a state, it's an act. We have to fight for it. Are we willing to go and fight for it? Are we willing to be uh, like the greater, uh, greatest generations prior to us that fought, that left their blood and bone at the battlefield to give us democracy? People are well, at the- Let me, let me, let me are, I'm not disagreeing people, with you. Yeah, people I'm not disagreeing with you. People are at the beach. People are uh, having tantrums because of a mask. You know, all of a sudden, you know, they became, you know, pro, this is my body. I don't have to wear a mask. So- let me, let me let me say a couple of things. First okay. of all, I'm not disagreeing with one thing you're saying, okay? Okay. But we need to have the resources to be in a lot of places at the same time. Yeah. And, oh. and there are places where we can be effective. And right now, the bottom line is that we have a lot of issues that we have to confront. We have to be bold in many arenas. And we have to keep fighting. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. And I won't tell you how old I am now. <laughs> but I've been doing this since I was 16. And the fight has always been the same. Right. Well, but I me. can tell you without a question. I can tell you without a question that we have more support today oh, for the kinds of things absolutely. you're talking about. Absolutely, yes. Yes. About Younger people. Back 50 years ago. You know, yes, what, especially young yeah. Anglos, young white people. No, yes. young Latinos and young people, you know, you know what, what gives me hope is that the majority, I'm not saying all, the majority of young people are more opening to other cultures. I mean, my kids, I mean, they don't see color. They're just friends, you know, and that's what gives me a little bit of hope. But again, we need to honor the blood and bone that was left at the battlefields to give us this freedom and liberties. Um, and I just think that um, that we're not up to the you know to the task. I know there's a lot of things going on. I mean, talk about the pandemic we just are coming out of, um, but lies lies are taking precedent, and I that's very dangerous. You know, Steve Orwell said, you know, the further a society drifts from truth, the more it will it will hate those that speak it. Right. So, the lies, this QAnon phenomenon. I mean, what is going on with people? I mean, it's like the brainwashing of the stupid. I don't get it. I mean, they are against facts, facts. I mean, the sky isn't blue. I mean, I just don't understand. We can, a society cannot sustain itself with an ignorant people. So- Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. And all we can do is mm -hmm. fight with the truth and the mm -hmm. truth will prevail. Let's let's remember that. But at the end of the day, no war was won overnight. No war was won with one battle. It mm -hmm. was won with many. And I think that all of us have a place right. where we can be effective. I think your uh, call to action yes. is an excellent one. Thank the you. question is, which of us are going to concentrate in which areas to be more effective? We we cannot be generalists here. We cannot afford for everybody to be a generalist. We have to have those fighting immigration issues, civil rights issues, police issues, voting issues. We have to have our specialists in all areas garnering support, 
gathering allies to continue this fight. The question is, who is going to be where? And there's no excuse for any of us, right. short of believing in conspiracy theories, short right. of believing the lies. And we have Latinos that believe it. Okay, let's go there. Yes. Uh, uh, I, have family member, folks, I have family members that believe can, it. Family members. Yes. And, yeah. And, and I, so do I. And so I think as a, as a, as a warned uh, activist in my community, right. uh, I've learned that we need soldiers on every front mm -hmm. to continue to write, uh, to fight for civil rights. Now we have a new fight. And I think we've had it before, but it's, it's, a, it's a little bit more blatant now how they're attacking us. Right. But at the end of the day, we just got to continue to fight and continue to do the things that we do. By the way, mm -hmm. if it were handed to us, we may take it for granted. I think if we I have think we are. I think a lot of us are to fight for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if we continue to fight for it, I think it's only going to get better. I think we're going to show up at the polls again in numbers. Uh, that they won't believe because of their voter suppression. And uh, we just got to keep working. That's it. Um, how do you think these new laws are going to, um, you know, uh, face the, um, if they go to the Supreme Court, these anti-voter um, suppression uh, laws, um, like the one they want to pass in Arizona, where um, the legislators are, if they, if they deem that the vote was fraudulent or even a, an appearance of it, they'll go ahead and override the, the will of the people. How, do you think that's going to land right at the Supreme Court? Well, let, let me let me start by saying that I'm not going to take a broad swipe against this very uh, conservative court that we have now. Okay? Mm -hmm. okay, because at the end of the day, I'm not concerned about any particular area in, in particular. What mm -hmm. I'm concerned about is whether this Supreme Court is going want to stand up for democracy. Exactly. No longer conservative no longer liberal, but democracy. And, it, and, I'm, and I want to end with where I started. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to be a part of democracy. They want to take it away. Now we got to fight for democracy. And for the Supreme Court of the United States, I think you can categorize them as conservative, as wanting to side with uh, more of the voter suppression uh, laws that are being passed. But I think that there's a higher cost that they may see in their wisdom and in their intelligence that this is about democracy and that two and two does not equal five. Right. And um, I, I've seen a little bit of light there with Roberts. He's kind of, uh, you know, gone out of his, his, um, his. Um... Well, I think you're correct. I think right. that we just, we need one more ally. And I, I think in, in some cases we're going to get that ally, not in all cases. And we're going to have to win, uh, take our wins, um, you know, with a sense of pride and, and take our losses with a sense of mm -hmm. continuing the struggle uh, because we've lost at the Supreme Court before and we've won on the streets. Uh, we won uh, at the Supreme Court before and uh, uh, won in, uh, in votes in the state. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's what they call a capirotada uh, that, can, <laughs> uh, that, that, that can taste good, even right. though it's stale bread. Uh, well, but, you know, I started my activism with, um, you know, being in, in Radio Campesina with Cesar Chavez when we were we were marching the the anti-immigration in the '90s. Remember that one? Um, yep. And then uh, SB 1070 in 2010. So, yes, we're going to continue the fight. This is we're going to continue as long as 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 long as we can uh, continue this fight for for equality, for for justice.
there's a lot of, of areas that we can go into and we can spend all day talking about this, Daniel. But I want to thank you because I've always admired you. I've always admired your work. Um, I've always um, admired your activism uh, as an attorney and always being at the forefront of, 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 you know, of the fight. So I think that we need to get the young people involved because this is their country. This is, you know, what country do they want? Do they want, you know, we need to leave uh, a better country than how we found it. And so, yeah, I see a little bit of light in, 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 in Justice Roberts. Um, he's kind of uh, voted with the liberals uh, in a few instances. And then also the federal judges that were even appointed by Trump. Um, I didn't want to say his name, but I did. Um, they're, they're the ones that threw all these bogus allegations out of court, out of federal court about voters, uh, about vo voter fraud. So uh, there's a little bit, uh, there's some light there I can, I can see. Um, well, you know what, one of the things that I'd like to, to also leave with you and, and with the listeners is that right. we were young once and we're bold. Yes. And we always had the older generations telling us, calm down, you know, yes. go it slow, be more mm -hmm. conservative about your approach, mm -hmm. be try to work with others. My position is, hell no, don't tell them that. Yes. Let them do what they think is right and support them the best you can, because at the end of the day, young people are going to change the world no different than we did when mm -hmm. we were at that point, because mm -hmm. as you say, we were bold enough to take them on. And I think that as elders, which, uh, which I've been called many times, by the way. <laughs> no, uh, you don't, you elders, don't look up anything past uh, 40, Daniel. <laughs> well, good. Thank you very much. I'll appear on your show again anytime you want. But, but, but at the end of the day, we need to allow them to be the new leaders uh, and to take on the struggle that we were a part of once yes. and support them, support them on their terms, not right. on ours. Right, and there, there is a lot of movement with climate change and a lot of young people are stepping up. But um, I just wanna thank you again. I know that you have a, you know, a packed schedule. I appreciate from the bottom of my heart. Um, thank you so much for appearing, being the first local activists to appear at the Bravo Report. And you can listen to the Bravo Report on my website, thebravoreport.com. Thank you, Mirasa. That was Daniel Ortega, local human rights activist and attorney, our very own first guest and padrino for the Bravo Report with your host, Una Servidora, Sandra Cano Bravo. Remember, for the latest in local and national news, you can count on the Bravo Report to keep you informed in these very precarious times in which our democracy is in peril. You can listen to the Bravo Report on all your podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, TuneIn Radio, Google, etc. Hasta la próxima, and remember, si se puede.